Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns, and we cover everything related to bullying on this podcast, and we try to make sure that people are aware that bullying is everywhere. It's in schools, communities, it's in homes, it's on the job, it's even in politics. So we want to do our best to try and make sure that Bullying is something that, you know, we can put an end to. This epidemic's been going on for many years and uh, more years than I care to mention. And we'd like to see what we can do with this podcast to take a bite out of that problem and hopefully give people some peace and help people understand that they it's just as easy to be kind and gentle and respectful as as it is to be rude and discourteous to other people. I hope that you all had a great um, holiday, uh, whatever you were celebrating. I celebrated Christmas. I hope you guys had a great Christmas. If that's what you celebrate, any other holidays, I hope you had a great time. I hope you spent some time in your pod with your families and you didn't get too congregated where you could spread the coronavirus and hopefully that'll be something that'll come to an end this year and I think everyone will look forward to that. And during our, you know, podcasting that we've done and so on over the course of the last three years, We do do interviews of people, people who really have made a difference in the lives of others and who are looking to make a difference, you know, for themselves, uh, looking to uh, give back, looking to make contributions. And today I am real happy to have uh, Kathy Finley uh, with us. And Kathy's a lifelong animal lover, and she really feels a special bond to cats. Uh, She grew up in poverty. She was bullied as a child. She had 
just there was abusive marriages, uh, some of which were followed by a bitter divorce. She worked in the nonprofit sector all of her professional life and ran several national nonprofit organizations. But like me, she's retired now and she's entered into a new phase of her life where she hopes she can combine her love for storytelling and writing to show how animals can provide unconditional love. And they can, there's no doubt about that. And how animals just accept us uh, and they can give us insights into who we are. She's currently working on a, on a book on how her one-eyed three-legged cat helped her face many of life's challenges. Kathy, welcome to the show. I am so thrilled to have you here on Anti-Bullying 101. Thank you for having me. It's, it's my pleasure. It, it really is. Have you always had pets? Did you have pets when you were a kid? I actually, yes. In my book, I I grew up with pets. I had initially had my mother had dogs uh, when my father was alive. My father died when I was fairly young, and then I it was really an outcast, bullied in in school, and a cat showed up at my door. Um, and well, actually, two cats, and we only had to, we were only able to keep one because I didn't get along <laughs> for a while. But uh, we found the other one a nice home. But yeah, it really was. I I grew up with a cat, and then I had uh, I had one marriage I'm divorced from that was abusive, and that my ex did not want. He claimed he was allergic to pets, all uh, animals, but then he married somebody who wasn't. But it was just a it was my 15 years of my animalless, petless, catless marriage that made me realize that I never, ever would be without a pet again. And it made me reflect on how much not only that first cat I had, um, whose name was Lisa, was actually a misname. It was a, a male. <laughs> we, did, mm -hmm. we kept the name. Uh, and just how much that when I had really, really horrible, horrible days at school and really didn't feel that there was any reason to go on, that that, that cat made such, was so accepting, so loving, loved me for no matter who I was, what I did. And I think that, yeah, so I never, I'm got, I've got a philosophy. I will never be without a pet. Even when I get too old to care for them, I think I'll adopt one that's really, really old or something just to save the pet and continue to save me. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's interesting how um, pets can almost make a house a home. Yes. Um, we have, um, it's my wife and I, and we have a, uh, a daughter, uh, and a young daughter and, and, and she wanted a dog and we got a dog. It was about five years ago now coming up. Uh, we adopted her from Puerto Rico uh, oh. and uh, she was uh, uh, a rescue. And uh, I, I, quite frankly, I don't know what the house would be like without her in the house. Uh, I really don't. She is such a loving small little Havanese Shih Tzu who just, uh, she's bigger than she thinks she is. And she thinks she's a lap dog. Um, yeah. and she gets up on you and uh, has to have her time of licking and cuddling and so on. She's a beautiful dog. And I'll tell you, having her in the house does make a lot of difference 
makes a big difference to me and I'm sure it does to the, to the rest of the folks here too. Um, so pets are right. Pets, that unconditional love is like nothing else. And, um, you were bullied as a kid. Yeah. I, like I had mentioned, my father died when I was seven and my mom didn't have anything but a high school education really had never worked outside the home it was a little bit different time. And of course, um, she eventually got a job, but it still was a low paying job. And we, you know, barely scraped by. So I didn't have, you know, a lot of nice clothes. I didn't have, you know, we didn't, we had a house, which was fortunate, but it wasn't a, a beautiful house. We couldn't really upgrade it or update it. And I just, yeah, every day, I don't know. It started when I was in about fourth grade. and uh, My mom was a very open, wonderful person who just loved, she was from Hungary. And she came as well as a baby to this country, but uh, their philosophy was you always invite people, you give them food, you have them in. And of course, you know, when I tried to make friends in school, I'd invite them over. And of course, that was just the invitation of like, oh, you know, you should see their house. They have nothing, you know, worn out furniture, they have this, they have that. And then in school, it was always, I mean, I was always driven to after my dad died my mom said you're going to college because you know you're going to get an education and not be in my situation where you can only get a minimum wage job so I was always focused on my grades and of course that made me the object of bullying because I was always trying to do well in school but it was I was always fat I was ugly I was you know my hair was a mess um I was stupid I was or I was a show-off I mean anything and everything I mean when the you know, in gym, when they would have the, choose the teams for sports, I was never chosen. And it, was, it was a lot of name calling um, and just, you know, walking by me and call me fat ass and everything else that they could do. I mean, fortunately, there wasn't the cyber bullying that went on. But I mean, it really, at the end of the day, I mean, I ended up getting the cat and then finding my own friends. But what it really did was just destroy every shred of self-esteem I had. Mm -hmm. And I went off to college and met friends there and realized, oh, not everybody hates me. And I guess I'm not that bad of a person, but that lack of self-esteem just walked me right into uh, the hands of, I guess, of a, arms of an abusive guy mm -hmm. um, and an abusive, you know, a, a really lousy marriage. Uh, so I think that, you know, it just has effects that go way beyond when it happens to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it's interesting that kids get bullied for so many reasons. You're too fat. You're too thin. You're too tall. You're too smart. You're too, it's amazing. Right. The, um, the radar that bullies have, and they always look for something. They always look... And I've always said that bullies bully for two reasons, weakness and difference. Right. Uh, the minute they spot any type of weakness, they bully. The minute they spot any type of difference, they bully. Right. Uh, there's no question about it. And uh, through that, through that, you there's, there's a point in your life where you're almost... Um, I don't know. It, it, it's, 
there are times when you feel lonely, you feel upset, you feel anxious, you're, you're trying to find yourself. What helps, what helped you through those dark periods when maybe you were going through some of that? Well, it really was, I can't remember, I think it was sixth, seventh grade, and it was just the end of the school year, and I just, you know, I, I couldn't stand it. I, I just really couldn't stand it anymore. And and I described it in this book. I mean, the one friend I had was this very, very religious, devout Baptist, which is fine, but she was always trying to get me into the the religion. And of course, you know, at the last day of school, I was on the bus and I was feeling bad because I, you know, had no friends. I knew over the summer I would just be with my mom. And which is fine, but I mean, at least there was no kids to see with the bullying. And then she was telling me on the bus going home that I was going to die in hell because I wasn't saved, mm. or at least saved in the Baptist church. Um, and it was just, it was kind of like, I, I don't know how much longer I can deal with this. And I mean, I just get home and start crying. And my mom was very understanding, but I mean, she didn't, I mean, what is she going to do? I mean, she can't stop these kids she did actually call up one of them the parents but that just made it worse um on me and basically I just was crying and then this cat showed up and that was kind of the you know I just turned my attention to something that someone that needed me a homeless cat that um well, the king, it was two cats, like I said, to begin with until they grew older and we had to get rid of one. But that got me through it. And then finally, just finding my own friends um, that, you know, even though they were kind of the outcast, I mean, they were the outcasts too, but at least, you know, we had, we kind of had each other. I had my, I did have a loving mom, which was, which was good. But like I said, it was just, um, I think it really when I look back, it was the, the animal. I just remember that day so vividly that I just got off that school bus and, you know, felt not only did everybody hate me, but even God was going to send me to hell. <laughs> hmm. I didn't belong to, you know what I mean, a mm -hmm. certain religion. And I just, um, I think that it was that. And then. When I went off to college, it got a lot better because I realized nobody knew my background. And, mm -hmm. you know, I look back at pictures of my yearbook and stuff like that. And I'm like, I wasn't really fat. <laughs> See, I was like 125 pounds and five foot eight. I mean, that's not fat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, kind of the self-assessment. But but then some but that self-esteem, lack of self-esteem is still with you. And then when I met my ex-husband in graduate school, I kind of opened up to him. But I mean, he, he, some of the, those bullies, whether they're an abusive husband or whatever, they have that radar that detects somebody with a lack of self-esteem. And, you know, I opened up to him fully about what kids did to me and how much it hurt me. And things like that and I um it, it was just kind of he took advantage of all those things so he mm -hmm. called me fat and ugly and stupid mm. <laughs> likewise and you know I mean it was on and off in the marriage I mean we went between you know wonderful days and horrible days but it, it really was a part of that self-esteem and then after I was going through the divorce and having trouble dealing that which was in retrospect was the best darn thing that ever happened to me that's when this um, little gray and white 
kitten was given to me my, for my 40th birthday that I was now spending alone. And basically just, it, it was through that cat, who was a, a one-eyed three-legged when I got her. She was a cancer survivor twice. I just realized, she, you know, she would act silly. She'd go sliding across the room, trying to face her toy and go hit her head on the door. <laughs> just kind of get up and say, huh? Okay, start all over. You know, she didn't make any big deal of it. And it just kind of made me realize again the unconditional love, but it's okay to be you. And and then I, as I saw her with the various challenges, how, you know, it didn't bother her that she had only, you know, when we had to remove her eye for cancer, it didn't bother her. She was still her. And I think that just kind of made me realize how much that bullying had affected me and how stupid it was that I believed what they had said. Um, mm. So I think it, it really brought back, I think she really gave me my self-esteem. And then when I got remarried, I mean, I've been married now, it's a happy marriage and person's not abusive at all. A very nice, sweet, wonderful person who loves animals too. I think that was just the, the signal that I finally regained my self-esteem, but it was amazing how these people can, you know, I guess play with your mind and make you believe these things that just really aren't true. And then I also, I think in the, in that whole interim there, I, you know, I saw people in college or in, you know, afterwards and in work that, you know, they they were a few pounds overweight or they weren't that great looking, but they were highly successful. So what, you know, that had nothing to do with anything and they mm -hmm. were nice people. And so what was the difference? And I, I think it just all kind of came together, but I think the animal, really the the cat and after the, the first cat I had really, really helped through, those, mm -hmm. through that. My mother was there, but I just, it seemed like somebody... I mean, your mother's always supposed to love you. <laughs> I think I just saw the pet wouldn't have to love you, and yet mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, parents sometimes don't have a choice, right? Right. They, they have to love you. There's no doubt about it. And um, the uh, I have found that, uh, and maybe you can help me with this, that sometimes those who are victimized by bullying, they end up with what I call a choosing disability, where they always seem to choose either the wrong, I mean, I've done it myself, you choose the wrong friends, or you choose the wrong spouse, or you, uh, you make choices that seem to put you into positions that um, uh, lend themselves to bullying or lend themselves to abuse. And I think it has a lot to do, as you said, with that low self-esteem that uh, people can have. Um, sometimes, you know, victims can feel like they deserve it, which is the furthest thing from the truth that you could ever imagine. Right. Um, so the, the idea that, you know, we get bullied, we end up with low self-esteem and we end up with that, feeling of we want to be around familiarity and we end up selecting someone who will who we spend time with who's just you find out that they're abusive or they pick on you or they give you a hard time and uh, it almost becomes something that where we have to retrain ourselves so that we don't as you are doing and have done uh, to begin to see that um, uh, that the, the uh, 
no one is deserving of those th that type of treatment. Uh, well, I think when I was in college, I I finally one of the was one of the roommates I had. They kept wanting to do things with me, and they kidnapped me once. I mean, in a good way on my birthday, and took me out to a Chicago concert. And I went to college in Ohio, and they took me to a Chicago concert for my birthday down in um, Columbus, Ohio. And they they really genuinely liked him and, and I I was just very I I think I was very very standoffish because I was like how could they like me what do they want from me and finally one of them said what is your problem <laughs> why do you have a chip on your shoulder and I'm like well because you got money and how, how could you like me and they go what do we do you're a nice person we like you so I mean there was a you're right I mean I think I you, you kind of walk into you know even when someone is genuine and wants to be your friend, you kind of doubt it and you almost expect them to be nasty to you. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, I, I think I was well on my way in college to trying to overcome that. It's just that it didn't, didn't completely work. And obviously I still had that in the back of my mind that, you know, I really was not deserving of, of people who really liked me and I wasn't deserving of anyone. And I, you're right. I think it's more convenient. Mm -hmm. But I do remember after my divorce and I stayed single for a while. I, I mean, I dated some guys, and all of a sudden, I will. I I developed this sense of like this guy's got issues and problems, and he's going to be abusive, and he's going to be nasty, and he's you know sort of nothing but a bully. And I don't know what it was. It wasn't just little things that I finally learn to pick up on and you know kind of say you know i'm yeah i'm walking away from that mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't want that anymore mm -hmm. yeah you, you it's almost like uh your uh your mind and your heart was open to what's really going on yeah and, and you didn't want to be put in that position again and uh yeah you know the the idea of um pet therapy has been around for a long time you know, how pets can just seem to give us, um, you know, just tremendous uh, comfort and so on. How do you think pets can help children who are being bullied? I'm sorry, the voice cut out here for a second. Okay. How, how do you think pets can help children who are being bullied? Oh, I just think that they're they can be their their best friend, and I think uh, it's just someone comforting at night. I I always I was always taken by when the cat curled up on your lap or next to you and started purring, and it just was comforting that someone loved you. And you know, I guess you could look at it in the sense like, well, you know, a homeless pet, of course, it's going to like you. But I think what I found out too is that my cat. You know, I mean, it wasn't totally one person, but it was pretty strongly one person. It, you know, it wouldn't curl up on anybody's lap. In fact, all the pets I have now, it's like, you know, other people come over and they're, uh, you know, some of them are a little bit more friendly than the others. But it's just, they, they really do. You know, it's not like you chose them, but they also choose you mm -hmm. and choose to like you. So it's not a thing that like they they. It, well, they're going to like you no matter what. 
it, it's that. And I, I just think that someone, you know, even though they can't talk back and, and talk to you and converse with you, you can at least talk to them. And it's just, it's just comforting to see that there's, you know, a creature in the world that loves you and a creature in the world that, you know, it doesn't matter to them if, you know, you call the you know, not that I speak cat, but you call it cat, cat or anything else. It's just something, um, you know, they don't care. They don't mm. care what they look like, what they mm. act like. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just them. And I think the other thing, too, is when you, you know, hear of, like, the abuse toward them, you realize they, too, have suffered. Mm. many of them have suffered uh, if they're rescued I'm not all of them but you know some of them have had horrible horrible circumstances and have been bullied by people and being nasty to, to people mm-hmm. um, or people being nasty to them and just doing awful things to them and you figure they've suffered suffered too so it's kind of just two I guess kindred spirits together mm. Mm. You know, it's interesting. I never even thought of it that way in terms of animals being bullied. But you, you just you don't you only have to look at uh, uh, TV uh, for any length of time to find something come up for the ASPCA where oh, they yeah. show animals who have been literally just abused, uh, almost brought to death uh, by some of the behavior of of, um, of people, and uh, so they do. They they really do. And but it's it's also amazing how they respond to love. Yes. The minute that they're loved and they're cared for and so on, they are so appreciative and so loving toward toward us, um, be, because we give them the attention and the and the care that they need. So yes, animals do get bullied. You're a hundred percent right. And it's something that we have to be aware of. Um, and I think that's my way of standing up to bullies. I, you're not going to bully these animals. <laughs> I, said, mm-hmm. I, I always said if I worked for the ASPCA and had to go around, I, I see those commercials too and found people like that. I said that probably would be the one time I would be up on a murder charge mm-hmm. for, for the people who mm-hmm. did it because I just can't tolerate that. Right. It, it's kind of my way of saying too, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't, don't bully the animals. And I, I would imagine a lot of those kids that bullied me and are really bullied horrible people and bullies and they probably don't like animals they probably are abusive to their animals well Uh, that's where it may have started i mean usually there's always something to be said about someone who uh abuses animals uh if it's observed you know that there's something kicking around in there and it, it doesn't take long for them to move from animals to to humans, right. uh, no right. doubt about it. Uh, it can well, be. and they look, yeah, and they look at the helpless ones who might, you know, not have the self-esteem and be willing, or the people like, you know, maybe not even have self-esteem, but you know, trusting people, just totally putting your trust in people, and then, you know, ending up being bullied or abused by them is something you know animals do open themselves up to. Mm-hmm. But they overcome it. That's yeah. When you when you give them love, they overcome it. So they're very resilient. They are. There's no no question about that. Um, There had to be some long term effects of of what people have done to you. 
uh, over the years. Do, do you do you still feel like you carry some of that with you today, or is that something that has uh, I won't say worn off, but uh, something that you can put out of your mind pretty successfully? Oh, I think I've put it out of my mind a lot more successfully now, but I think there are times where, you know, I'll, I don't know. I mean, somebody says something nasty to you or some, you, I mean, not even intentionally. And you kind of say, yeah, I guess I am kind of stupid in that regard or something. Um, I mean, I think it's always there, but you just have to, you know, view yourself as kind of being, pulled back from that and, and stop and say, no, wait a minute. You know, I, this is crazy. Um, you know, I've had a successful career. I've been uh, a good person and I, that's, those things just aren't true. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, one thing that always sticks in, in my mind and I think was, was somewhat, I don't know, I don't know, it was a turning point. It was one day I was, oh, it was probably shortly after I got out of college or grad school or something. And I was watching one of those, I don't, I don't think it was the Oprah show. I can't remember. Maybe it was Dr. Phil. So and I was, I, I wasn't feeling good. And I had actually stayed home from work that day and they had a person, two people on there. One was a, a woman who had been bullied as a kid and uh, severely bullied in school. And then there was a, a bully sitting there. And she, her life was just, I mean, you could tell that she didn't have much money and her life was totally destroyed by these bullies. And they brought them together. And the idea was Dr. Phil wanted to tell how the impact that bullying had on the long-term impact on, it had on people. And she's just sitting there sobbing and she's asking him to just say, I'm sorry. And what was interesting is he wouldn't say it. He didn't Mm. feel that he'd done anything wrong to her and it affected her life. And I thought, you know, after that, I didn't want to, I mean, I felt so sorry for her. I want to give her a hug, (laughs) but I felt like, you know, that's what bullying does. And you shouldn't, that person who's a bully doesn't care. He probably doesn't even remember you. It was just a way to make him or her better um and you know looking on his life too he was no you know highly successful person in life um he'd gone through i think several marriages and all kinds of stuff and, i mean you know <laughs> mm-hmm. to use it but may have been a, more of a loser than anything else and it was like instead of looking at him and saying you know what i'm better than he is and i survived it and i've overcome it and look at him I mean, I think that kind of was really a turning point for me, too, that just mm-hmm. realized that this is what it can do to you mm-hmm. and to destroy you. And there's no reason for that. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, looking, yeah, just looking at yourself differently. But I, it, it does, you know, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still there. But I think it's just having to overcome it, having to realize, you know, maybe even thinking what happened to those bullies. A lot of them. Uh, haven't I mean I'm sure some of them become successful and all that but a lot of them haven't and I look back at you know when I grew up and where I grew up and a lot of those people are not doing that well and you know I'm not wealthy by any means or but we're comfortable and you know I had a good career 
And looking back, I'm thinking, huh, if, if the tables were turned. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think they're the ones uncomfortable with themselves. Yeah. Is, is what it, I think they're the ones that really, really lack the self-esteem. And they try to project that onto you. And unfortunately, they're successful in a lot of cases, most cases. And with the the culture changing where this behavior is becoming less and less acceptable. Um, bullies, those who sexually harass, those who harass, intimidate, workplace bullying, it's all stuff that's starting to become, people are starting to become like they're on the outside looking in because they become... Um, people who almost become ostracized because of their behavior. Um, I think our culture is starting to get a little bit fed up with it and they are starting to take a stand against it. And you have a lot of people speaking out, which are, which is doing a lot of good. And it's something that should have happened a long time ago. There's no question about that. Is there anything that you wish you had known that when you were younger, that would have, maybe better helped you cope with bullying? Oh, I think, you know, just a, like one little, like, you know, what the Chris, Dickens Christmas Carol is <laughs> obviously popular this time of year. We're watching that movie. And, you know, if I kind of had just a brief look into the future to, to see where those people would be, or if I could, I mean, maybe had someone who had, been bullied who had been you know highly successful later in life and you know overcome all their circumstances and I, I think I could have would have realized that I wish I would have had you know before I was bullied I mean I, I don't know if there was any particular reason why we didn't have a, a after my dog died why we didn't get another pet but um well we did get another dog but it was more of a, a German it was a German Shepherd and, and he was a wonderful dog but it was more my mother was out in the country and wanted protection <laughs> mm -hmm. but and he was kind of one one person owner and it was my mom uh, so I just think looking you know knowing that number one that not everybody's like this I think that would be you know that when you go away to college or you go somewhere else or you whatever you don't have to mm -hmm. be like this I think secondly if you knew that all this was essentially built on many cases lies. They, you know, like I said, I didn't, maybe I was five, 10 pounds overweight, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, but I wasn't fat by mm -hmm. any means. I, and I wasn't, you know, wasn't a supermodel, but I certainly wasn't ugly. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, so just all that was, were a lot, it was built on lies. It was just not true. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I mean, here's a kid who's lost her dad at seven years old who needed some love and attention, not, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> not to, and I, you know, I mean, just the fact that I, I wasn't wrong in saying, you know, I'm going to turn my, my mom telling me to go to college and do well in school so I could get a scholarship. I mean, all that, nothing was wrong. So my feeling is I, 
I did, you know, my feeling is I was always nice to people and everything that they did was pretty much based on a lie. And mm-hmm. so, and I, like I said, just a glimpse into the future to see that it, it I would have friends, I would be successful. And there are other people who've been bullied who have risen above it. There's always that woman, like it was on the TV show that it, it destroyed her life. But also seeing that, don't let it destroy your life because it's not based on the truth. And, you know, not everybody's going to like you. That's, you know, you're everybody's different, and, and, mm. you know, but there's no sense for, for doing that. I think also, too, is... I don't know how much bullying is like an abusive marriage where a kid grows up in an abusive marriage and then decides to abuse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, others. And I mean, you know, certainly knowing that you you shouldn't, that's not the behavior you want to model after just because you were abused. Right. And I think you have a choice and you have a choice of friends. And like I said, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to think you're smart and intelligent, whatever, pretty, pretty, but they're going, you know, you're going to find friends. You're going to find people that like you. You're going to find your type of people. And, you know, like I said, in the the meantime, you know, you you should always be, you should know that animals can help all along. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I will never, ever not have a, a pet at my house. I like cats, but I love dogs too. So always like you said, that will always be my home is in, to include a pet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> you said a lot there. And uh, it, it's almost as if uh, we don't want to allow the lie to become the truth. Uh, right. And we, we certainly don't want to um, allow it to impact our lives. And, and pets do help with that there's no question about it and i think probably they should do more of it in school and they should encourage more of it in communities where kids can take the responsibility of either raising a pet or taking care of a pet and i think it would teach them behaviors that they could take with them uh throughout the course of their life um you have a website can you share that with our audience it's uh, Kathy. It's just KathyFinley.com, and that's K-A-T-H-Y and F-I-N-L-E-Y.com. So, and I do some blog posts on there, various things about. I had one on how cats, well, all animals can help during a pandemic. Um, how cats can help loneliness, especially around the holidays. Mm-hmm. And pets can be such wonderful. This is a horrible time if you're alone, but mm-hmm. pets can help that. And I think, you know, we can, we can help them mm-hmm. during the holidays. So, yeah. That's and right. I have some, I have one part of it that's just kind of fun cat stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. that links to cat videos and <laughs> that type of thing. Terrific. I would say that too. You have to have a sense of humor. I mean, I think the one thing maybe through the whole thing, even though it, it's hard to maintain that is having a sense of humor can really help with looking back and enjoying. And that's, I think one thing that cats really teach you <laughs> and, yeah. and dogs. Yeah, no question, no, no doubt. And it, uh, they can bring a lot of joy. And I agree with you a hundred percent. 
Kathy, I thank you for coming on to Anti-Bullying 101. Um, it's been a joy speaking with you. I admire the work that you're doing uh, in terms of uh, making people aware of how pets can really make a contribution to uh, their lives and how they can help bring about comfort during some lonely times and certainly during this pandemic. Um, you've done remarkable work. I wish you the best as you move forward uh, with your book. Uh, when you get the book, when the book comes out, let me know. We'll do another interview and we'll promote that book um, so we can get everyone on board. And my listening audience will have your your website in the episode description. Um, we're going to... Uh, uh, end the interview. I thank you. Do, do not hang up after I stop the recording uh, because I'd like to speak with you um, after the, the recording is done. But Kathy, I thank you so much for being with us again and the best to you and all that you do during the new year. So thanks once again. Thank you. Thanks to you and thanks all for all you're doing with anti-bullying. Very important work. It is, and, and I'm glad that you're part of it, and I'm, we're kind of like partners now, and I think that's great. So thank you okay. once again. Okay, thank you. That was Kathy Finley, uh, pet lover, uh, understands how pets can help us overcome some issues in our life. Uh, including bullying, but many others, loneliness. Uh, pets provide unconditional love. They're out there for us. They're wonderful, and they are available. Uh, if you watch TV, you see the ASPCA is always dealing with rescued pets and so on that definitely uh, anyone can can get and give a good home to and uh, the, it's great having them in the home and um, they become part of the family we have a dog here that we rescued and it's just part of our family and we love it um, <clears throat> my name is Jim Burns you've been listening to anti-bullying 101 we just interviewed Kathy Finley who is involved with pet therapy, and uh, it does make a difference in the lives of those who are being bullied. Um, I'm going to put her uh, website in the episode description. I'm also going to be putting a couple of other things there. Number one, my website. Number two, there's two spots for um, uh, where you can become part of the Anti-Bullying 101 Premium Podcast. This podcast doesn't run on its own. It, it, takes, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. And uh, we could always use help. And one way you can help is by subscribing to become a member of the Anti-Bullying 101 Premium Podcast. You'll get a whole lot of stuff. You'll get courses. You'll get uh, other podcasts. You'll get strategies. You'll get just about anything. And uh, if you become a member, you get that for $9.95 a month, and it's well worth it. Some of the courses are worth $100, and they're in there as well. So, once again, my name is Jim Burns. We interviewed Kathy on December 28th. Um, 
This is right now December 30th, 2020. We're almost at the end of the year. And I do wish all of you a happy new year. Um, well, next time we're back online, it'll be January 5th. Uh, and uh, that's when I'll see you again. But uh, hopefully everyone has a safe, happy, and healthy New Year's Eve. No drinking, no driving. Have fun. Stay within your circle of friends so that you're not uh, around folks who, uh, who you're not sure whether or not they have COVID or not. And uh, do your best to stay safe. Uh, it's a, it's a great time of year, but it's also a time of year where at times people can get reckless and we want to make sure that everyone stays safe, stays happy, stays healthy, and that this upcoming year will make a difference and we won't be battling this epidemic and people will start to, or things will start to return to normal, uh, quote unquote, whatever normal is. But once again, my name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.